Something strange come with us, and you will see in this podcast about Tim Burton. Burton. This is Tim Burton. This is Burton. Kyle screams in the dead of night. This is Tim Burton. Everybody make a scene, trick or treat, till the neighbors come and die of fright. It's our show. Everybody scream in this cast of Tim Burton. Really uh, proud of you. Really proud of you on that one. Thank you. You did good. I did good. Yep. About <laughs> time. <laughs> Welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerdum, where we are two thirty to forty something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. Peaky whatever we want, and we can fuck up like that and start it over again. Nope. What? Damn it. <laughs> I'm not cutting it out. Well, I'm still Chris. And I'm Kyle. And uh, if you guys like to uh, hang out with us live and in person-ish, uh, you can also find us on Twitch. You can find Chris over there at uh, twitch.tv slash G-U-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-0-1, Gary Unit 1. And uh, then I'm K-Sig, K underscore S-I-G on the Twitches. So come hang out with us. Usually Friday and Saturday nights we're playing something and then off and on throughout the week. Um, other things, but uh, Saturday nights, Friday nights, we do a lot of indie games, a lot of indie horror games, mm-hmm. uh, even outside of spooky season of October. Uh, so we're doing a lot of those. They're good times. They're fun. Come in and hang out with us. Join the Discord down in the show notes. Not the show notes, down the show description below down. us. Right down there. Join the community. It's growing like a little bit. So join and hang out <laughs> with us. There's some really good conversations going on. If you like comics, if you like anime, if you like video games, movies, TV, wrestling, beer, football, there's stuff Who's for everybody. Mm-hmm. So go hang out. If you draw stuff, if you're an artist, um, whatever. there's tons of categories to talk about things in there. So join up. The links are down mm-hmm. there. It costs you a click. It's for free. Free. So do it. Do it, or we're going to send Chof after you. Do it, or Chof comes after you. Yep. So we're uh, we're continuing our uh, we got a theme this month, like everybody else. Nuts <laughs> in our hand. Yeah. Wait. No. No. Well, that's that's every week. <sighs> I was turned weird. I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> for those of you listening kyle just did some weird thing with his hands yeah find us on youtube also if you're just listening every man's guide to nerdum we're there join us you can see us live and in the fleshes so yeah it's october which means it's spooky season that's you know we've been talking about spooky stuff this yeah. is our is this our third spooky episode of the month Mm -hmm. it is it is our third so go back we've done paranormal investigation which was fun which was fun and we didn't investigate 
We interviewed. We, we tried a husband. to. We tried, and not successfully, but we did interview a husband and wife paranormal investigation team, which were, which was great. They were fun, super cool. Go back and check that out. We've done the um, done a little brief history, and we didn't even get all the way through it. Just like the early phases of scary and spooky and horror video games mm-hmm. throughout time, 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 time. <laughs> getting into that. The, uh, what the uh, oh, it has time. To... Yeah. Time. So yeah, go check those out. <laughs> I'm trying to do the deadpan thing and I can't do it. I can't, I keep breaking. I just, it's just going to happen. We so if, if you couldn't tell, from the beautiful rendition that original piece was sung at the beginning of the episode. Chris, what, are we ta- <gasps> what are we talking about tonight? It's Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton. Tim Burton. <laughs> oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. What so, about Tim Burton? Just a staple of spooky season every year and Christmas too, but we're in October. So, Pretty um, much October through Christmas for him. Yeah, just a an amazing producer of art, like mm-hmm. uh, you know movies and TV shows, and just super cool. Like this time of year, it's like you know, it's like fall leaves are changing, fucking pumpkin spice everywhere, and Tim Burton. That's <laughs> Pumpkin Spice and Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, I bet I mean, if we made a T-shirt that said Pumpkin Spice and Tim Burton, I know someone who like, can make it like in like a ladies' cut shirt. We would sell the shit out of them. I think you and I need a uh, mesh tank top, like to share, or one like we all we have our own each. I mean, if that's what you're into, we can share. Like that's one big top. Just one. It's the get along shirt. It's the get along mesh tank top. We do that for the live when we're like together to record an episode. We're just in one shirt. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) 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 So, Tim Burton, 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 he's known as somewhat of an oddball in Hollywood, um, Mm -hmm. which is super impressive by itself. Because, you know, you've always heard the joke, it's Holly weird, and there's shit that happens there that only happens there. Mm-hmm. It, and then you have, you have the shit that Tim Burton does. And then you have the shim t- <laughs> shit, shit, shit Tim Burton does, because it's... He's... It's interesting that he's considered the oddball there mm-hmm. when you hear all the weird shit that the celebrities do. Yeah. It's Lots like, of, like, all the cocaine. All the cocaine and yeah. like, you know, like the cryo chambers and just everything else. All the other stories you've ever mm-hmm. heard. Gerbils and socks and Richard Gere and. Yeah, they're all true. They're all 100%. But they're just, you know, a guy who likes his spooky stuff mm-hmm. is an oddball. Well, and he's got a, a, his style is, it's, it's weird because everything's different, but it's all recognizable for the most part. Right. You know, there's, uh, there's just this like Tim Burton look to a lot of, a lot of his films and TV shows that you just know. And then there's some stuff that he did that I didn't know. 
or that he had a hand in that I didn't know. And then there was some stuff. I that, didn't either. That was like, uh, I think I found some like canceled projects list, like things that he was almost tied to. Mm-hmm. Um, that like he he ended up not doing. I was trying to find that list again. Oh, I had it this morning. I didn't save it. But there was um, oh here we go. Tim Burton's unrealized projects. There was a lot of cool stuff that his name was being tossed around for that for one reason or another they didn't do either you know um creative differences or just timing he had other projects right. going that he wasn't able to be a part of but it may, makes you and some of these are like big properties that he ended up not being involved in so you just kind of wonder like you know what's that other dimension look like where you know tim burton I'll tell you, it's fucking weird. Yeah, where he made all of his. So we'll go over a bunch of those later, too. And this is why I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, I wouldn't consider myself like a, a super fan. Um, but for I For fans. Uh, for fans. It, it's just, it's cool stuff to watch. I'm trying to think how to expand on that. I mean, you pretty much hit it. There's no other way to expand on that. Well, I hit it. It's, Let's quit it. So... <laughs> Uh, I will never hit it and quit it, sir. Okay. I can't That's fair. You. <laughs> um, we should start so, at the beginning. Of Tim. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. God created man and right. stop motion films. Let me know when you get to it. It's going to be a little bit then. <laughs> God created man and stop motion films. And then he created out of clay Tim... Walter Burton, born on August 25th of 1958. How the hell is middle name Walter? I mean, Walter's really not a middle name, is it? No. That's like your name is Tim Fred Burton. Yeah. Tim. Well, I guess, Chris, I don't know. Will, well, William, Walter's not really, yeah. Well, it doesn't go along with a spooky persona either. Well, he wasn't spooky when he was born. He became spooky. Like, you don't know what the baby's going to be. Do we be. know that? Maybe he came out with red eyes and, like, spouting, like, scripture. Uh, he, I read a quote from him. I don't know if we had this in the notes or not, but, you know, talking about the weirdness of, him and Hollywood and all that. Mm-hmm. And he had made a comment at one time and said, even if I wore a clown suit and was happy and jovial all the time, people would think I was the weird, creepy guy because of what, you know, he puts on, on the screen. It's pretty cool. It kind of makes me sad. Why? Because you, know, you haven't made anything like that? Because I haven't made anything like that. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, here at EGTN, we celebrate diversity. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we're all about. And then it's like, we want everyone to feel good, that you want everyone to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I mean, then we don't know he's not, but I'm just saying, like, a quote like that just makes you wonder. Could be. Could be wrong. I could just be projecting. <laughs> just projecting it out there. I'm just projecting. Here's um, a cool mm-hmm. thing that I found in the story we're talking about him and his early life. 
Um, his mother, Jean Burton, was the owner of a cat-themed gift shop. No shit. That's extremely specific. Not just a gift shop. Cat-themed. 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 That they have a cat that eats lasagna in there all the time, and it's like, I hate Mondays. I hate Mondays. John. John. Odie. Odie. So, yeah. And his, uh, cool. his father, Bill, Bill Burton, Burton. Is a former minor league baseball player. That sounds like a baseball name. Bill Burton. Burton. Yeah, it yeah. does. Bill Burton. Sounds he like he probably, plays right field. Yeah, right field. Maybe third base. Kind of sounds like a third baseman. That means he's got a hell of an arm on him. Yeah. So be like, Good on. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Wrong one. Wrong button. There we go. And on, sir, Bill Burton. Burton, Burton, Burton. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's got his, uh, you know, his style. We've kind of hit on that. Like, he's known for his gothic films and his horror films, but that's not all he's done. I mean, he's done a bunch of other things, too. Mm-hmm. He's got a specific style that you know when you see it, but the one, like we've talked about, the stuff that, is that doesn't fit in that mold is is pretty interesting and it probably all comes from like his preteen years i would say yep like you know he started off like his interest in film started when he was 13 you know, he made or that was one of his earliest known films was made when he was 13 the island of dr gore and like you heard about you hear about like spielberg and lucas and all those shooting things on eight millimeter same thing with burden he got his start with eight millimeter film um what kind was of it? film was it? Do you know? Was it like live action? Did he use actors? Did he? Oh, use that the... t- I thought you mean like the brand of film. Like no, no, I want to know, or... know what how he did it when he was like 13. No, he was doing stop action. Oh, just like he was doing now. Yeah, like that's what he's one known thing for. He's really well known for is stop action. And that's how he how he started, you know. And um so that you know, that was there early. What do you think got him onto stop motion? Do you think it was like I, uh, I was trying to dig down into this and I couldn't find it. Do you think it was like the Rankin and Bass stuff? Because that's some of the earlier stop motion. Do you think it was? You think he was influenced by that kind of stuff? I mean, that it could have been just the accessibility of it. I mean, if you think about it, like as a, this is you know, I could be way wrong on this, but I'm thinking just as a kid. You have your toys and you're playing with your toys and you're always like acting things out with them, you know, your GI Joes or your dinosaurs or whatever you have, and you're moving around. And so that would be probably the easiest and most natural transition would be to go from playing with them. And if you're going to film them doing little stop motion stuff, I think Spielberg and Lucas both did that too. Uh, some type of stop motion at some point. That sounds sure. right. Well, I mean, they did, um, Lucas did that in star Wars. Yeah. With like the Adats and the Tauntaun. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's all stop motion. So yeah, the yeah. Rancor. So maybe just this, because they're all close-ish. Well, they're older than Burton, but still, um, that stop motion, you know, style that he started with carried through for many years. Um, you know, he wasn't school-wise, not that great in school. It was uh, like Einstein, kind of. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I like what you, had, you know. He did play water polo. He liked to paint, which is weird. You wouldn't think of him as a water polo guy. 
Mm-hmm. That'd be a water poloist. He's water poloer. He's a polo poloist. He's a poloist. He's a poloist. You know, painted and drew and watched movies. Um, you know his early stuff, and well, when he was a kid, and then his movies, and you can. This really makes sense now that I read it out loud that he was heavily influenced by Dr. Seuss and uh, Ronald Dahl. I can see that. Yeah. I can totally see that. He... He's like a darker version of them. He's a way dark. Well, I mean, Ronald Dahl's not exactly cheery either. Well, no. He's, he's like a darker Seuss. A <laughs> darker Seuss? Mm-hmm. Darker yeah. Seuss. Darker Seuss. That's Dr. Seuss's uh, voodoo witch doctor brother. Mm-hmm. Darker Dr. Seuss. Seuss. Also known as Tim Burton. Also known as Walter. Yeah. Walter. Um, you can tell he was influenced a lot by Seuss and Dahl. If you, not like you were saying, like, if you think about it, like, look at all the shit he's done. Mm-hmm. Look at his movies, and we'll talk. We'll get more into these movies later. Just the imagery of it. I, I immediately am thinking of Beetlejuice and the imagery of, um, like the first thing that popped in my head, head were the sandworms. Yeah, from that's like Beetlejuice. A, a trippy Dr. Seuss scene. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it's like if Dr. Seuss did some acid and then like got kicked in the nuts, and they're like, this is what we're going to do now. The, the, the snoozits and what's it in the sand? Mean eggs and sand. Mean eggs and sand. I will not eat your hand. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, you can definitely tell that. Um, yeah. When he was. He went to. Oh, what was it? I forget. I don't think I put that down. Well, he went to college at uh, the California Institute of the Arts in Valencia, Santa Clara, Santa Clarita. Mm-hmm. To study can- uh, character animation, oddly enough. Um, when I say oddly enough, it's because, you know, we know him for a lot of live action stuff, but mm-hmm. the character animation is, I think, what we know him best for. Well, and just the actual pen and pencil and uh, color animation, you know, how he got his start with that. Right, because um, he made a uh, a short called uh, "Stock of the Celery Monster and King Octopus," the, and King and Octopus. King oh, and King and Octopus. There we go. I read it wrong. King Octopus was a different one that you and I watched. That's a whole different. Don't look that up. Don't but look that up. King and Octopus. So why 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 were those movies important? Well, because "Stock of the Celery Monster," which is just a super clever name to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, it attracted the um, uh, Disney Productions Animation Division, um, who we all know is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, they saw a little it bit. And they were super impressed by it. And they offered him an apprentice- apprenticeship yep. because of it, because of something that they saw of his. So they sought him out, mm-hmm. which is really freaking cool. And the, the works that they put him on are, it's just a classic, you know, those three movies. 
He worked as an animator, storyboard, storyboard artist, graphic designer, art director, and concert concert concept artist on films the Fox and the Hound in 81, Tron Which in 82, awesome. Black Cauldron in 85. So three awesome movies. Fox and the Hound is one of my all-time favorite movies, hands down. I'm a hound dog. If you don't, if that movie doesn't make you tear up a little bit here and there, you're a dick. You are a dick. Mm-hmm. Chof. 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 Um, Chof doesn't cry during Fox and the Hound or Bambi or Old Yeller or Titanic. He does Mars cry. Attacks. He does cry at Amazon Women a Go Go though. I mean, who doesn't? That's true too. Yeah, it's a sad coming of age tale. So, <laughs> he, literally uh, the tale. He he got <laughs> he got the help. That those were his first, I guess, three like official professional projects. But the, the concept art he made like never made it to the finished films. I want to see what Tim Burton, freaking Fox and the Hound. Constant like the owl. What was her name? Um Hootie McHooterson? I don't Mama something. Anyway, I would like to see like the Tim Burtonized version of Fox and the Hound. Yeah, I agree. I just want to see what he drew. It's probably what? out there. Somebody probably not probably end up in a trash can. I can life. see him working on Tron also. Tron's pretty dark. Yeah. Well, it's got a lot of neon lights. It does. Yeah, it's flashy. It is flashy. Um <laughs> you dick. Um, and then we have the Black Cauldron, which is a littler-known Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Which I love that movie. It is freaky though. Um, I could totally see him having his hand in the Black Cauldron, just because of the the style that it's in. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. I love that movie. A long time. I really love that movie. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor. It's mm-hmm. not your traditional Disney movie, though. So don't come bitching to us when you're like, hey, there, where, where she wasn't under the sea and, and, <laughs> and the lightning bug. And then the beast came and there was a rose and then her hair was long. And then she sang about the sea. That would have been a good one to get Burtonized as well. That's the term <laughs> I'm going to use through this. For things that he didn't actually get to do, Burtonized. We got Burtonized. He did get a Burtonized something that, while he was there, though. What was that? Um, His first uh, short. Ooh, what Ooh. was it called? Vincent, and it was a stop action uh, or stop motion film. So there it is. There's, you know, carrying that stop motion through... Um. It was based on a poem written by Burton, which depicts a young boy who fantasizes that his hero, Vincent Price, uh, or that he is that he is his hero, Vincent Price, and Price actually did the narration. So Vincent Price is freaking awesome anyway. Yeah, which just how like awesome would that have been? The godfather of creepy. And so, you know, he was young there. So this was in 82. He was born in 58. So that was, he was 20. Four? Sure. Yeah. Why so not? He was, he was 24, making a movie with... Did I do my math right? 20, 78, 24. Yeah, 24. 24 years old, doing a movie about a poem that he wrote about his hero, one of his heroes, Vincent Price, with Vincent Price able to narrate for that. Like, at 24 years old, how freaking awesome is that? 
and you're just an intern. Yeah. You're just grabbing coffee and drawing foxes. Maybe that's what, how he, what, that was his concept art. He, which mm-hmm. one was the fox? Was that Todd? Yeah. No. Yeah. Todd, Todd was the fox. Todd was the fox. And Copper was the hound dog. That's right. It's, you think it dealt with uh, Todd inviting Copper over to his burrow and he locks Copper up for a couple weeks and then there, you know, all the rest of the hound dogs are on the hunt for Todd and he comes out wearing Todd's skin. He goes, that's the Burtonized version. I want to see that made. Like, except it's like not even like a skin tight, good ripping of it. He just literally sloppily ripped it off and it's, it's just like a cape of him on there. And it's like, why does your mouth look all weird? Don't worry about it. We need to see that version. I would actually pay to see that <laughs> version. Why are we not funding this? Let me get somebody throw some money at this. Let's start a crowdfund for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got his so, he got his Vincent short made. He got his, <laughs> we're back to this. We're back to that. We're we're coming back. We kind of we veer off occasionally, but we're coming back. Um, uh, and it was produced um by Rick uh, Heinrichs. Heinrichs. Yep. And remember that name. Remember that name. Because it's he and Rick had a long history together. So that was a friend he made while he was doing his concept art at Disney. And then that film got shown at Chicago Film Festival alongside teen drama Tex for two weeks in one Los Angeles cin- cinema. So um, it got a lot of exposure. That was probably a good kicking off point for him. Um, he did some other things, you know, he did a lot of other things after that, but, uh, before he actually like really, I think we're like a year away from his stuff that we'll know that he did. That word that right? That sound? Yep. Okay. That sounds exactly right. Yeah. So what did he do next? So next he actually did his first live action production. Um, it was Hansel and Gretel, believe it or not. Um, are you guys seeing a theme here? Yeah. Uh, it dark was a Japanese tales. dark, really dark fairy tales. A Japanese themed adaptation of the Brothers Grimm fairy tale for the Disney Channel. So he actually did this as a Disney Channel. Like uh, I don't know if it was a special or a movie. I couldn't find that part out. Was the Disney Channel around that back then? Uh huh. I didn't know it was that old. I thought it came out in the nineties. Mickey Mouse Club, dude. Okay. Well, maybe I just realized. Maybe maybe that's when my grandma actually paid the money to get the Disney Channel. It was like eighty nine, ninety. Then we could watch it because she had the cables. She had the cables. Yeah. Um, but what something new today? What, what set this movie apart from other adapt adaptations? Um, there was actually a kung fu fight between Hansel and Gretel and the witch at the end of it. Not your traditional Brothers Grimm ending. That's how they originally wrote it. If you go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> and Gretel was, was a kung fu samurai tale of love and deception. Did Carl Douglas come in and start singing to him? Uh, no, but Kurt Douglas showed up. <laughs> showed up. I, I can't think of a good Kurt Douglas joke, but he, uh, he was there. He yeah. was there. So... If you all, again, aren't telling, there's a definite theme. Like, And for those who don't know, Brothers Grimm's 
Brothers Grimm's. It's like the Facebooks. And the Facebooks the Brothers and the Grimm sushis. The sushis. Brothers Grimm. The original stories were dark as shit. Yeah. And like evil. Well, a lot of the the quote unquote fairy tale mm-hmm. stuff that we knew growing up, we got the Disney fied version of them. Yeah. When we should have been getting the Burton fied. Burtonified. Burtonified. Burtonized. Burton, the Burtonized version Burton, of them. Burtonized. Because they weren't super cheery. A lot of them were pretty dark. A lot of them were, the, some of the Disney movies were maybe, you know, taken from other properties and things. Maybe a little influence that they didn't give any credit to, but that's neither here nor there. Whatever. Whatever. So, um, it aired once in 1983 at 10.30 p.m. on Halloween, and then it was shelved as soon as... Literally, when it ended, let's say it ended at eleven thirty, they mm-hmm. shelved it. Yep, like oop. Um, they fucked and this up, is, Jim. It's fucked up. <laughs> uh, you can't find prints of this. If you can, they are worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I wonder but if you, you, there's anywhere you can actually still watch that. I bet the YouTube has it. I'm looking really quick. Carry on, sir. Okay. So, but print, they're hard to locate. It's so that's what's fueled all these rumors that um, the project never even existed when in fact it did and it was shown once. Um, they finally put it on display. It was a short movie, um, it would go on public display in 2009 at the Museum of Modern Art and again in 2011 as part of the Tim Burton art exhibit at the LACMA. I think I found it. And then it was shown again in 2012 in the Seoul Museum of Art. You find it? Mm-hmm. YouTubes? Mm-hmm. And it's weird as shit. And Kyle is now in snakebite videos. What? This is... It's weird. Yep, it's definitely... I can see maybe why they're like, we're not going to play this again <laughs> on the Disney Channel. Holy shit, that's terrifying. Is there an explosion? Probably. What? Yeah, something blew up. That pillow turned into an egg. Oh, she's eating the gingerbread mint. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going on in this. I'm going to have to watch this later. You act like it's weird. I mean, I've seen weirder, but I wasn't expecting, like, I know that I'm going to be seeing weird when I see that kind of weirder, but this I wasn't ready for. Somebody prep me. Somebody stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go look this up after we get in with the show. So you guys do yourself a favor. Go look it up too. You can go watch. It's like 34 minutes long. It is out there on YouTube. I'm going to assume that's what it is. That's got to be the right thing. So now we are at 1984. I think this is where we started getting into stuff that people are more all familiar know. with. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was his next live action film and actually one of my favorites. Hmm? What movie was it, Kyle? Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. So I got introduced to this movie in college. It was one <laughs> um, of my. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Frank and Weenie. 
I just realized how bad this is all going to sound. That now. sounds so bad right it's, now. It's, it's about to get worse. He, he, he was young <laughs> and needed the money. So my roommate at the time told me I needed to watch this movie. It was one of his favorite movies ever. My roommate, Frank. Frank, I don't think you're listening to our show either. I'm calling you out. Calm, calm, I'm trying to get Frank on this. So he's like, hey, we need, you need to come, you know, watch Frank and Weenie. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing in your spare time. <laughs> this weird unlabeled VHS tape. I don't know if it's the same version you watched. <laughs> Did Frank come into the room one day and his pants were off. He was wearing like a, just an undershirt said, hey, you want to watch this movie about a weenie? Holding a Sony Handycam. <laughs> early 2000s yeah so i saw a different version than you saw yeah <laughs> a well-worn version yeah yeah i mean it, it wasn't a full-length feature but there's our dick joke there's the dick joke <laughs> but okay so, but the actual movie the concept is really cool what's frank and weenie about well, it's uh, about a boy and his dog. His dog dies. It's basically Frankenstein with a wiener dog. Made for kids and family. Made for kids in 84. Disney didn't agree. No, not it was at made all. Because they fired his ass. Like, quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know uh, why they fired him? Well, Because he, they thought he was wasting. I don't know if wasting would be the word. Maybe. the Under the, the you know pretext of that he was using studio resources to make a children's film that was too dark and scary for children it wasn't scary it was i can cool. see how it would be considered dark in 84 though it was heartwarming it was a heartwarming tale of a boy that would do anything to bring his dog back <laughs> that do anything life. for his weenie mm -hmm. it's like the the anti-old yeller this one he <laughs> brings him back to life old yeller you mm -hmm. came back yeller mm -hmm. it's old, old yeller guy. old yeller would have had a whole new movie Mm -hmm. had he brought him back that's what we, we need we need old yeller rebooted and burtonized franken yeller old franken yeller old weenier old weenie <laughs> wait no no <laughs> no no that's a different movie that's a that's another different movie you guys uh that's disney let us know in the dark. discord after you watch that one your thoughts <laughs> share it with chris and chof hughes so. <laughs> So he moved on from here, and well, because he 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 went through like basically a, a slow, um, a little bit of depression because of this. Yeah, you know he he lost he his he awesome made a good movie. job. He did make a good movie. Frank and I agree, a cool and you movie. agree. Yeah, we're all but that you matters. Know what I mean. Fuck you, Disney. They came back around, and so after Frank and Weenie, um. A uh, a an actor saw Frank and Weenie and chose Burton to direct a cinematic uh, spinoff of one of his popular children's characters. The actor was Paul Rubens. Wait, who is that? That's Pee Wee. Pee Wee Herman. Hey, Pee Wee. And I learned a little bit about Pee Wee going through this. So I did. Apparently, Pee Wee started as a stage show. Did not know that. I didn't know that either. Uh-uh. Um, did he have the movie before he had the TV show? 
Um, no, he had the TV show first. First, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse. But then... Um, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Do, 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 do. Such a what? iconic time. Oh, 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 oh. But, yeah, so he got to do uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Which I totally forgot that Burton directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I completely forgot about that. Well, I knew he did the same thing. Like, there's some things as we were going through this, like, oh, I remember that he did that now. Mm -hmm. Because everybody, like, okay, we're going to pull away for a second here. I would say a vast majority of people, when you say Tim Burton, they're going to think of maybe three movies. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas is always going to come up. Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Those three, especially this time of year, that's like you you bring that up and that's a, a big majority of people are going to, mm -hmm. that's the ones that are going to gravitate. There's so many things that he did that was kind of outside. And there's some on here that I've known that he's done for a long time that I've never watched that I want to watch. We'll get to those two. Well, and then we're getting ready to come up on one. I completely forgot he did. Okay. And it's one of my favorite movies. It's probably the one that I want to watch. I'm going to. I'm going to guess it when we get to it. I bet it's not because I know for a fact you've seen it. All right. We'll see. But um, I might surprise you. Paul Rubens. So Paul Rubens. So this, he had a budget of $8 million to make this movie. The movie made $40 million million. in just, just North the, America. Yeah, just yeah. the North American box office. So this is another staple of what he does is low budget, high return. He's, he's a studio's dream. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, this is also the first time he worked with a certain songwriter, musical artist, Danny Elfman. From Oingo Boingo at the time. At the time. Because if you guys remember Oingo Boingo, they were part of the New Wave movement. Mm -hmm. They had such hits as Weird Science. Theme songs from Weird Science. Dead Man's Party. Do you remember what movie that was in? That was in it was the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Uh -huh. um, back to was it Back to School? Or yep, it was Back yeah, to School. Back to with School the, with the triple whatever the flip was, the triple deke or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. And then that song was also featured in and the Hot book Lips was not the movie, but it was in um, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Then after I read the book, they had me going back to listen to a bunch of, like, I went down a Danny Elfman rabbit hole for like a week after that. And, and you know, he, this is the first time they worked together and they worked together a lot after this. Uh, he's, you know, happy to hear that, he, that Elfman scored every film that Burton's directed except for Ed Wood, uh, Sweeney Todd, and Miss Perigene's Home for, the, uh, for Peculiar Children. So, which is, I did not like that movie, by the way. I don't think I watched it. I heard it. the books are good. I've heard the books are good. The movie, I couldn't even get through it. And you know me, I love movies. Yep. I literally could not get through it. Um, I'm really surprised that he didn't do Sweeney Todd because that Sweeney fits. Like Sweeney Todd fits the Elfman style too. Yeah. It, yeah, it would have, but, you know, and he just didn't. Wasn't Sweeney Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, it was uh, 
Broadway musical, right? Was well, maybe. I'm not totally sure on that. Sweeney Todd, fictional character who first appeared as the villain of the Victorian Penny Dreadful series, The String of Pearls. Oh, so that's from Penny Dreadful. Okay. Something else I need to watch. I swear that they did that. Yeah, so Elfman they- did a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we could do a whole freaking episode on Danny Elfman. We like really we, could. We could do probably just as long or longer than, than what we're doing for Burton here. And so, okay. but he, he, you know, we're on, let's get off our Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Um, then he went on to uh, direct some episodes for Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock Presents and <laughs> Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Okay. So the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, that is the remake. There okay. was the original, and this is the remake in the mid to late 80s. Oh, okay. He was part of. See, all you youngins that think reboots are the new thing of the future? Thing. No. Shit's been happening for a while. There's more reboots through this so, and list, too. Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. I used to love that. Robin Williams was in an episode. Like she had all sorts of people in there. Like it, it was just a great series, mm-hmm. and he directed a bunch of them and helped write them. Yep. I don't think I watched. I don't think I ever watched Fairy Tale Theater. I guarantee you, you have. Or I probably. Well, you that just don't been, know you did. That would have been mid, coming into the mid '80s to later mm-hmm. '80s. You know, everything just all runs together there. It really does. I was, I was a, I was an extremely busy five year old, so. Mostly with his hands down his pants, much like mm-hmm. his adult years. Yeah, um, not much has changed. No. <laughs> and then, so now we're, you know, we're in the late 80s at this point. This is so great. Then we get to 1988 for, as I, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to be able to do it? As I ponder, weak and wary. So I go to someplace scary. Shit, I can't remember the rest. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Okay, I'm going to look it up real quick. So that was actually from the animated show, The Beetlejuice. Which I think I actually watched before the movie because, you know, I was a kid. Um, I have the whole series on DVD. Oh, these came out. Okay, so this would make sense because they came out really close to the same time. The movie came out in 88. The animated series came out in 89. And I used to watch that cartoon over, like, if it was on, I was watching it. Okay, here it is. Though I was close. Though I know I should be wary, still I venture someplace scary. Ghostly haunting, I turn loose. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. So looking at the the cartoon, I know we're going to talk about the movie, but I've got this up and i got to get it out now. This thought out now that I've got the IMDb. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, so <laughs> context go. is really important there. Um, someone that did some voices in that mm-hmm. was Tara Strong. Yeah, yeah. She was um, Claire, the mean girl. 
she was Claire uh, several times. Bertha, a lot of additional voices. We've seen her recently in Loki, or we've heard her recently in Loki. As? Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. Claire Strong, who's done everything. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and I will tell you, I loved, loved, loved the Beetlejuice cartoon. I did it too. was so funny. It was Jacques the Skeleton and then Monster Next Door, you know, Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, it was great. I know it, I watched the cartoon before I watched the movie now because I re- remember watching the movie like, this is a little different. On that, yeah, because it was dark and you could tell it's based off, now that I'm older, you can tell it's definitely based off of Tim Burton's shit. Which is really cool by itself. There, there's so many cool characters that they're just meant. Well, just the visuals from that. I mean, the sandworms, and you see the sandworms in, I think, Nightmare Before Christmas too, or like a, a kind of a version ish of them. You see that that black and white striped color scheme. Right. Um, right. Black and black and white shows up a lot in his work. Um, either just in the total, you know, just like Frankenweenie was all black and white. If I remember mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, to you know, Sweeney Todd, and you know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. There's just a lot of black and white and stripes. Oh no, shit! So the guy who did Beetlejuice's voice, uh huh, in the animated. Yep, I thought he did a great job. He <laughs> did a lot for Sam and Max Freelance Police, which was a great game. He was also. In X-Men, the animated series. I see that. It's Archangel. That's and Cameron cool. Hodge. And the Falnex. Falnex? Falnex. Hmm, he did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And he's still acting, if you look. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. Yeah. Sure is. You go, Stephen Omelette. Stephen Omelette. It's really close. It's Oy- I think it's probably Oymet. I bet it's Oymet. We'd love to have you on the show. So let's talk about the movie. Okay, the movie. So this was... First time he worked with Michael Keaton. Okay, and I will tell you, I remember watching this in the theaters, Mm -hmm. going, this movie is weird. It was. It kind of freaked me out as a little kid. As it should have. I mean, there was a lot of pretty dark, odd stuff. Like, in? you know, I mean, you, when they're in the waiting room for, you know, when they when they're fresh dead and Juno is it Juno, yeah, Juno's there. The the eyeballs are trying to learn how to haunt and scare stuff. You, they finally see Beetlejuice. You see a early appearance of Jack Skellington. Mm-hmm. Um, his head's on the, what was it here? Um, Beetlejuice's carnival hat is the thing. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What, mm-hmm. what are you doing? No. Anyway, this is a good look for me. What do you think? <laughs> That's pretty close. That's pretty good. It's closer. That was closer. You know, and we get Dayo. Dayo, which I think is the only reason a lot of people know the banana boat song. Mm hmm. Yeah, when I hear that song, I think of that movie. Day. I really do think that's the only reason some people know that. So just 
but just a really cool iconic movie for the late eighties. Got his workings in with Michael Keaton, you know, which was freaking hilarious in it. But he only what's kind of interesting, you know, so Beetlejuice played by Michael Keaton, namesake of the movie, the main character of the movie. It's only on the screen for 17 and a half minutes for the whole run. Was it really? Yep. I didn't know that. Michael Keaton was on set for two weeks and he's on screen for 17 and a half minutes. Give or take a little bit. So. Because the movie was really about the husband and wife. I forget their names now. Um, Rick and Morty. Jack and Diane. (laughs) It was was his name? It was it was Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. But um Adam and I can't remember <sighs> the wife's name. To the IMDB. But yeah, it was mostly about them. I didn't think about that. He was only in for 17 minutes, so Yeah, I mean Well, and then it's been a long have... time since I've watched it. But when you really think about it, it. he wasn't in there, wasn't there a whole lot. Um, And he was vulgar, too. And, like, the reason we said it three times, you had to say his name three times to summon him. Mm -hmm. And I love how you put in the notes here, too, the the real spelling of Beetlejuice, too. Like, the demonic spelling. Oh, yeah. Uh, B-E-T-L-E-G-E-U-S-E, I think. B-E-T-E. L G E U S E. Yep. Beatle mm-hmm. juice. Beatle juice. Also, we see a very young. I mean, there's some. There's a few pretty good names and very recognizable faces in. I mean, uh, Catherine O'Hara is in there. I love her and the baby. And the baby. Um, wine. A very young Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Pre klepto. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, she went off a rocker. Um. Still hot. You know, so they're in first time he's working with her, works with her again soon. Very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, was it his very next movie? It was not, but it was pretty nope, close. It was not. Yep. So yeah. Um that came out in eighty eight. Then in eighty nine is dun 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 Batman. One of the biggest um, like, I guess promotion campaigns for a movie at that time. Uh, it was awesome. I remember huge, getting so pumped about it. Huge marketing and merchandise campaign. Um, massive. I remember, I don't even remember what movie it was, but the intro, like, you know, you had the, um, all the stuff before the movie. Mm-hmm. the the previews and all that but one of the there was a a thing with i think it was daffy duck and bugs bunny and something and there was like a this whole batman thing in the previews for it um huge marketing campaign you know and and this i think really helped solidify with what we like to see mm-hmm. in superhero movies now Yep, because up to this point, you think of your Batman's and your Superman movies and things that happened. They were pretty lighthearted, mm-hmm. super colorful, and then they get Burtonized. And 
then they get burtonized. Mm-hmm. And we get to see Michael Keaton working with Tim Burton again, which was criticized at the time because at, up to that point, Keaton was just a comedic Mr. Actor. Mom. Yeah. He was known for being funny. Um, well, I'll tell you what I remember off of this movie. Our band and at the K through 12 school I went through did a dance to this. Prince did the song. If you remember that. Yeah. The Batman. Uh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And really, you know, bass heavy. Mm-hmm. And this town needs an enema. Always remember that one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good lines from it. Um, but I thought what you had here was cool because he caught a lot of flack from the fanboys. Fanboys have been around forever for casting Keaton as Batman. And I like what Burton said. He said he considered it ridiculous to cast a bulked-up, ultra-masculine man as Batman. Insisted that Batman should be an ordinary man who dressed up in an elaborate bat costume to frighten criminals. Mm -hmm. So he ditched the notion, which we end up seeing later in other Batmans, but for this super buff, you know, whatever. He was just a dude in a bat suit kicking ass. Yep. And did the the voice. Not the Christian Bale. No, and did the voice so good? Like that—that's where we get. I think that's where we get our our modern Batman voice. Would you think is that where Kevin Conroy based his off of? Probably. I think I think all me, your your Batman from that point on were like okay. Based off of that, Keaton did it dark and gravelly when he was talking as Batman, and when he was Bruce Wayne, he wasn't. He didn't have that. Rawr that graveling right. his voice as much. So I think from that point on, that's how Batman sounds. So, and to me, Kevin Conroy is always going to be the ultimate Batman. Like, just the voice, at least. Yeah. Keaton was my favorite Batman to date. Bale was good. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll stick with that. Val Kilmer, not so much. Clooney can go bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Jury's up in the air about Robert. What is it, Pattinson? We'll see. I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment. Yes. <laughs> Does it matter? I'm going to withhold judgment until I see. I think it. it looks like an interesting take. I think it looks like a very Burtonized <laughs> version of the movie. Is, isn't? is No. Uh, Michael Keaton's coming back in Flash. Right. Yeah. The Flash as, movie. As um, probably Batman Beyond. Um, no. he did do some, so there were some creative choices that Burton made in this as well to kind of pacify some people because we get Jack Nicholson as the Joker, which is awesome. Which, yeah, until we got, you know, he was, he was Joker until we got Heath Ledger. Um, yeah. and still, I, I mean, I'm putting Jack just like right behind him, mm-hmm. just right there because Jack Nicholson was awesome. But I didn't know Tim Curry was in the running and played Joker as I well, did. which could have been cool. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. But um, bring me the Batman. <laughs> well, it could have worked. Uh, but the the movie made some bank. Gross four hundred million dollars 
not adjusted for inflation worldwide at the time. $400 million in 89. That's a shit ton of money. Jesus. And so, you know, that kind of locked him in to do really well. Um, established him as a profitable director. Um, and, you know, so here it was a, a huge influence on superhero films going further. And, um, you know, you're talking about Conroy and the voice and all that, you know, the, the nineties, the, the animated Batman, Batman's movies shows. Batman's. Anyway, so that the animated, the Batman animated series, the darkness, the, the greediness that you see in 89's Batman kind of influenced that a lot. Cause that was a darker Batman cartoon. Really cool one. So where was he? I mean, where did he get his influence though? Because he was admitted, admittedly not a big comic reader when he got this. No, he 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 didn't. I'm trying to think how to put this, he wasn't a comic reader, but he's always loved the imagery and like what the Batman and Joker yeah represent. You know, one's order, darkness and order, and one's chaos. Yeah, I mean and. You know, the Joker's not a great fighter. The Joker's biggest power is that he's sadistic and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, and, and he's that's manipulative and yeah. And that's something that Batman just can't, you know, he he can try and understand how the Joker thinks to predict what he's gonna do, but I don't think he can ever that's one thing that's always been the dynamic between Batman and Joker is Batman can never fully understand what's going on in the Joker's head. Mm-hmm. And so um, Burton said that one reason, another reason he never really was a comic book fan was when he was a kid, he could never tell which box he was supposed to read. Yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's dyslexia, so he might be dyslexic. Maybe. Um, I've never seen anything saying otherwise. Yeah. Um, he is actually a pretty private person. Mm-hmm. Um, but his one he said one of his earliest memories was of the killing joke of a comic. And he said, that's the first comic I ever loved because it was just easy to read. Because it could tell which way you were supposed to go, which box to read. Mm-hmm. And he said, because of the success of those graphic novels, that just made it so much easier for our ideas to become accepted. So what was it? Killing Joke came out, what, 82? 81? Uh, early 80s. Yeah, I don't remember. Killing Joke. Um, Which, by the way, is a brutal, brutal fucking Batman. Came out in 88. 88. So, same, so same time as the movie? Yeah. How? Hmm. Isn't that okay. nuts? So, did he just like plow through and like, all right, let's make a movie and release Apparently. it this year? I can see why he'd be, he'd like Alan Moore's stuff though. It's just dark. Mm-hmm. I need to read that. It's good. So. I'll loan it to you. So, he went on from, from that, from Batman and, and You'll notice, like he's got his group of actors. If he he gets one that he likes, he tries to pull them into multiple projects going down the road. It's his he, peeps. 
It's his peeps. He does it with Michael Keaton. He had Jack Nicholson in this movie. We're going to see him again later in some movie. Don't know which one. <laughs> and then in 1990, we get Edward Scissorhands. He gets Winona Ryder back. This is his first time casting Johnny Depp. Um, so, you know, said so his friend at the time, Johnny Depp is the lead. And Edward Scissorhands is like considered one of his best movies. Arguably. Mm-hmm. Because of the story. Mm-hmm. It even spawned one of the earlier porn knockoffs. Oh, yeah. Edward Penis Hands. No, Edward Penis Fingers. I thought it was Penis Hands. I'm not Googling this. You're trying to trick me. No, it's Edward Penis Fingers. Hold on. Let me pull up an incognito tab here. You carry on. All right. It's Edward Penis Fingers. Um, New incognito window. The second movie with Renault Ryder. Uh, Johnny Depp in the lead, and the character was actually based on a drawing he did in high school. Penis hands. Like Kyle was saying, which is just penis hands. So, ah, hold on. Do we want to take bets on who was right? Apparently you were. Let's see if there's one for yours, too. Penis fingers. Mm, Nope. Kyle was right. Edward Penis Hands. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. You were right about the Penis Hand movie. Uh, Starring Sicky Nix, Gina Fine, Ashley Nicole, John Doe, (laughs) D-O-U-G-H. Hey, he's famous in the 90s. Yeah, let's see what else is he in. Okay, we're going down a weird rabbit hole. We don't need to be doing this right now. Okay, so... (laughs) Kyle, we all of a sudden we went from Kyle's and we hear a zip. Yeah, if you don't hear from me in the morning, come down here and delete my browser history, please. I will do that. Thank you, sir. Good friend. Good friend. Okay. So we have Edward Penis Hands. <laughs> it was, it was, I remember it was a freaky movie, but it was good. It was good. What I remember most, because I think I only watched it a couple times when I was younger, was the the waterbed scene when he's like. Oh, yeah. I remember the hair salon scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. I feel beautiful. Um, There there were some big names that were almost tied to this movie. Like who? Um, Well, they're saying that Burton really wanted, or not Burton. Um, Fox, because this is produced or ran through 20th Century Fox, really wanted Tom Cruise in the title role. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, Tom I'm Hanks. He was, didn't. Yeah, Tom Hanks was offered. The, could you imagine Tom Hanks, Mr. Forrest Gump himself, as Edward Scissorhands? I don't know what hair is. <laughs> you mean that? I don't know what hair is. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know about the Tom Cruise would have been terrible. And apparently Michael Jackson was even interested in the role, which that could have been interesting. I'm trying so hard not to make this joke right now. Edward said, he he's her hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was the hee hee hands. The hee hee zers. That would have made 
God, that would have made the Edward penis hands much weirder. Like in another thing that kind of parallels Beetlejuice and a little bit earlier works, Johnny Depp only says 169 words in Edward Scissorhands. So you got another instance of the main character, the title character, not having a ton. Of, I mean, Beetlejuice talk a lot, but kind of similar, same thing. Just not a lot of talking. No, talk it, talk it, talky. So his next movie was Batman Returns, which I kind of, Batman Returns was good. I liked Batman Returns. I did too. That was probably the last Batman movie that going back now, like I liked all the ones after that when I was younger because, you know, we're young and we don't know any better. Right. But going back, like it stopped at Batman Returns. So probably the last one that I really liked that I would go back and watch again until we get to the, you know, the Christopher Nolan stuff. Right. Um, but he was under contract, so he had to do a sequel. But he got some good names. He did get some good names. Well, and young me, thanks, Burton, for that Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman costume. Old me. Old me still thanks him. Still thanks him also, yes. How she about was, this? Oh. Meow. Selena Kyle. <laughs> And do you remember what the sign said before? No. It, it was her uh, neon sign at home before she died and then after she died when she no. hit it. I, I probably it did. Was an, it was a neon sign that said hello there when she got in. After oh, it said hell, hell, hell here. here. Yeah. I remember now. Oh, God, that was such a cool movie. Yeah. We had Michelle Pfeiffer. We had Danny DeVito. As the who, penguin. And... Like, I, I can't think of who else could be Penguin now. Like, if we brought, if Penguin came back, like, that was pretty much, well, you had Penguin in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had Penguin in Gotham. But, like, that was kind of the last little run of Penguin we had since. Like, I couldn't see Penguin in the Dark Knight trilogy. No. This well, doesn't seem to fit. Because, so, instead of just being a little man who liked penguins, like in the comics, mm-hmm. he actually made him, like, this mutant. Yeah. Penguin-like mutant. And this actually changed Penguin in the comics. Really? Mm-hmm. They did well, a he, lot based off of this movie. He really burtonized him, though. He I mean, when you look him. at how he looked with his nose and everything, that was a very, very much a, a Burton look. Yeah. It's uh, like Edward Penis Hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say, the studios thought the movie was a little too dark for kids, and you're going to throw your penis hands out there. Like this? Fun fact about this movie that is um, kind of conflicts and popular knowledge that people think that they have. So this came out around the same time as Nightmare Before Christmas. It was filming the same time. Filming this, well, yeah, filming the same time because it took three years to do Nightmare Before Christmas, I think. Yep. Um, but because of that schedule, he did not direct. A Nightmare Before Christmas, Which unlike a lot of people that. think. Yeah, um, I I don't think I knew that either, because he was he was busy with Batman Returns, but he did produce. I mean, he, his influence, his hand was heavy in it. He just didn't actually direct the movie. So uh, he it was written by Carolyn Thompson, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, who is was his frequent frequent collaborator in writing. Okay, back then. Not sure about now. Let me look real quick. But she's the one who actually wrote it, but it was based on his original story, world, and characters from high school. 
he created all these when he was young. Well, there's a little bit of a theory going around that from Frankenweenie to Nightmare Before Christmas to Corpse Bride, that those are all not necessarily connected in the same universe, but they're the there's re- they're representations of him. Um, something about him and his dog, because you know there's a dog theme in the not a dog theme, but well, you had Zero in Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't remember the name of the dog in Corpse Bride. That was very oh yeah Zero ish. Well, and and why we liked it because the dog was a Scotty, hmm. or was it a Westie? It was a Scotty. But Nightmare Before Christmas, I mean, it made fifty million. Um, he got back with Disney in a roundabout way here um it was produced and released under touchstone which we talked about this in or we talk about this we've talked about this before there we go um touchstone was the arm of disney that released things that weren't necessarily the disney image you know your animated disney movies of the time Mm -hmm. that you know so that's that was a lot of touchstone then so he he got back with disney a little bit gets danny elfman again I mean, iconic soundtrack by Danny Elfman. It is one of my favorite soundtracks that I can listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love the guy who sing, who's Oogie Boogie's voice anyway. Yeah, uh, Oogie Boogie's great. And then it just, you know, there's covers upon covers upon covers of all the songs from that. Um, that I, just, I, I like digging and finding those covers. It, it took him three years and 100 people. To do just to do the stop motion animation, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, we move on to ninety four. Mm-hmm. Cabin Boy. I remember watching this in the theaters, and then I rented it from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So he was supposed to direct this, but it looks like he only ended up producing. Right? Yeah. Because um, what was he doing? So Cabin Boy is a terrible, terrible movie, but I love it so much because mm-hmm. he he did it because of Chris Elliott, comedian Chris Elliott, who's one of my favorite comedians in the world. Chris Elliott, if you remember, he was from um, Get a Life. Mm-hmm. I remember Dad and I used to watch that all the time and like there's one part where they were singing they're playing georgie girl and chris elliott was twirling in the streets going yelling for new friend um it was just such a stupid show so funny oh it flopped hard though yeah it flopped really really hard because he's also if you remember this is the one where he meets shiva Mm -hmm. the six-armed goddess yeah deity and he ends up having sex with her and this is the one with like the really busty um headpiece i forget what they're called on the ship too oh yeah the yeah. she was like alive though and he comes out of there and he goes these cabins are clean mm. after he had sex with her i haven't thought about this movie in so long i haven't either but i just remember it it, it and and it was um bill murray's older brother too brian Murray. Yep. Who's very recognizable. So they had a budget of 10 million to make this movie. It was terrible. Like he a box office 3.7 million. Burton wanted to make this with with 
Chris Elliott because of Get Alive. Burton was a fan of the show. Yeah. Probably would have been a way different movie if he would have. It probably would have at least made budget if his name was tied to it as director because people would have watched it. Exactly. But it uh, was Adam Resnick who did it. The reason he couldn't work on that is because he was working on another film. What film was that? That was Ed Wood. Which was actually, I thought, was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That's one that, that I that's on my list. I keep thinking every time I see it pop up in anything, like I need like I need to watch this. I think I've started it before, um, which happens a lot. But uh, I haven't I haven't watched all of Ed Wood. I know. Shake your head at me. Judge me. Also, you in the audience, judge me. Yeah. So, well, okay. Going back to Adam Resnick, it's not the first time he he worked with him real quick. Okay. Adam Resnick was also one of the writers for Saturday Night Live. Oh. And Death to Smoochie, Larry Sanders show. He was also the creator of Get Alive. Okay. So there's where that. Mm-hmm. He was, he, he's a very well-known writer. Like he wrote for the Letterman show and stuff like that too. But yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we had Ed Wood. Um, one of the few movies that Elfman didn't do the score with. Apparently they had a little, a little tiff, a little squabble. Lover's tiff. A little lover's tiff. And we, we jumped forward to uh, 96, James and the Giant Peach. I love that movie. And I love that book. Mm-hmm. That uh, it that's again you watch it and it's that style, like Ooh. just very recognizable. Do you know what James and the Giant Peach was based off of? Oh, it was off the book uh, that uh, uh, Ronald Dahl. Ronald Dahl did, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of big stuff. Yeah, giant peaches, um, giant worms, giant worms, and then we get. After James and the Giant Peach, that's what I'm really excited about. I started watching this again the other night. Ah. Mars Attacks. Ah. I absolutely fucking love this movie. And I can say this about a movie that I haven't watched in years, that if it's like, I've got this urge to really want to watch it again. I started a few nights ago before we even talked about really I need to rewatch that, yeah. Doing the the Tim Burton episode. So what was weird? So I, w- I watched Mars Attacks. He gets Jack. We get Jack. I mean, there's a we get Jack and we get Jack Nicholson back in this as in multiple roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce Brosnan was in it. Um, they got some big names for this. Who else was in this? I was trying to do this Annette off the top ben- of my head. Pierce, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Annette Jessica Benning, Parker, Glenn Close, Danny DeVito, Michael J. Fox, Martin Short, um, Rod Steiger. Tom Jones was himself, if you remember. Tom Jones always plays himself. Yes. In anything um, that has anything to do with Vegas. <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman, Lisa Marie Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Pam Greer, a young Pam Greer. Younger. Younger. And I didn't realize. I didn't catch that until I was, I was re-watching it the other night. I was like, man, the, the, that was the brother that was in the military. Riggy goo goo, riggy goo goo. Jack Black played uh, Billy Glenn that was going into the army. And uh, God, it was just such a cool movie. You're forgetting someone really important that who we love too. I forgot somebody. Uh huh. 
We love, love this person. Who did I forget? We said you said Natalie Portman, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Danny DeVito, Jack Nicholson, Pierce Brosnan, Martin Short, Rod Steiger. Who am I missing? That we love Pam Greer. Who is it? Joe Don Baker is Richie's dad. He is? Yes. Oh, I need the full cast then. Joe Don Baker is Richie's dad. You know how old Joe Don Baker is now? I had to look this up. How old is he? 85. What? Well, think about it. Mitchell was like the 70s. Is he still alive? He is. Yeah. Oh, Joe Don. Standing uh, death threat against the cast at MST3K. Just <laughs> yeah, he's Richie's dad. Just such a oh yeah, he is. God dang it! And I miss uh, still one of my favorite movies. Like it, it kind of plays on. What's funny is it plays on War of the Worlds a little bit. Um, but it came out really close to was this after Independence Day came out? I think it was. I don't remember. Um, I think it was. Mars Attacks is just one of those. It's just a fun freaking movie. Okay, so it came out in 96. Let me see when uh, Independence Day came out. Uh, Some people were calling it, you know, a little bit of a spoof of uh, Independence Day, like an unintentional spoof. Let freedom ring. Independence Day came out in 90. So these came out the same, the same year. I don't know which one came out first. So two very different alien invasion movies. Like if you guys you're not if you're not watching the YouTube, you can't see it. That's my background for a little call here. Here is Mars Attacks. And so you got the cool alien, like I like their little floppy gills thingies they have. They're like skeleton faces, but they're not. You know, you the big the brains. brains. You got their big giant robot things that they walk around in, the bugs. How you they kind talk. of see, see, let me see if I can point right. Like over here. Um I'm guessing this is Vegas. Did you say it's Vegas in the wallpaper background thingy that I'm I using? I think it's Vegas. And then, yeah, because it looks like there's casinos falling over. Then right behind that, where, let me move my head. Because I got some of it blocked. You can see it there. There's the big robot. And then down below, there, there's the people on fire. And if you look close enough, you can see Mephisto in the back of that fire. Jesus Christ. Urging them on. He's been this there the whole time. This isn't even a Marvel time. product. Mm-mm. Nope. That's how powerful he is. That's not even a fucking Marvel product or Disney. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful Mephisto is. That's not cool. Yeah. Two nights in a row, buddy. Christ. (laughs) Yeah, if you've never seen Mars Attacks, I'm surprised at how many people haven't seen it. It's a fun movie. It kind of flew a little bit under the radar, but it was like, it was so good. You know, it was an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go back to it here. I just want to look and see how much money this damn movie made. Surely it did good. Surely. I just like that he got um, Jack Nicholson back and got him to play two roles. Oh, what was funny about that, or what was odd about that, so I started watching it. Jack Nicholson plays the President of the United States, and he also plays a sketchy hotel developer in Vegas. Yeah, plays two does. roles. And so... Like the next day after watching that, 
rewatching it. Um, I was listening to a Robin Williams stand up on the way back from a conference for work. And uh, Robin Williams was talking about, you know, no celebrity presidents or something like that. And he's like, except for Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson would be a cool president. It's like, he was a cool president. He was a cool president in Mars Attacks. He's done it before. Let's see how much money this movie makes. I'm really curious. It had a big budget. He had a $70 million budget to make this. I guess he would have to with all the people that are in it. Well, I'm thinking about it. Box the office time frame and uh, the, the computer animation at the time was, was really nowhere good. near what it is. So it was way more expensive during that time to mm-hmm. do. It, it holds up fairly well for being, you know, an almost 30-year-old movie. Uh, but yeah, the box office $101 million. So he made, there was some money made there. And then he kind of gets back into, or he's, he's more live action from here on out, um, but still a really Burtonized feel. We have um, Sleepy Hollow in 99. We get Johnny Depp again. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Sleepy Hollow, mm, eh, it's okay. It's who, okay. Else, who was in Sleepy Hollow with it? Johnny Depp? Um, he had. You know who else was in too. here? Who was the main character? Female. Well, we had Christina Ricci. Yep. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, and now I just have to go back and watch this movie again. <laughs> but another seventy million dollar budget movie made two hundred seven million in the box office. So he makes he makes some of the monies. Um. And there's some supporting roles. I think um, Christopher Walken was in there. Yeah, I think he was the. Um, he was like the mayor or something. Where did he play? Who was he? Let's look. We're looking. Uh, We're looking. We're looking. Oh, he was the Hessian horseman. He. Christopher Walken was the. The headless horseman. Was he really? Yeah. Hmm. And of course, Christina Ricci. Oh, oh, Jeffrey Jones was in there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He that was the reunited. Reverend. Yeah. Jeffrey Jones, who was also in Beetlejuice. Lisa Marie was in there. She was in. Who was he in Beetlejuice? Movie. He was. Uh... Oh, God. Now I go back and look. I can I see his face. Like you see his face, you know who he was. Right. Was, so but. he was also Dr. Jenning and Howard the Duck, if you remember. If you, um, he was in Ed Wood as Chriswell, and he was uh, Mr. Rooney in Ferris mm-hmm. Bueller. For Christopher those of you. Lee was in this. Who Sir Christopher Lee. Is. Was he Sir Christopher Lee? He's knighted, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah. Before he died. Mm-hmm. And of course, we get Johnny Depp. So we get some more Depp. Ian McDermott was in there. Ian? I didn't know that. Ian. Is Ian? Ian. Ian, Ian. Ian is... you, who, how do we know him? It's uh, recent. It's so recent. Oh, he was, uh, he's uh, Palpatine. Yeah. Go for Palpatine. Go for Palpatine, Pal- 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 Palpatine. <laughs> Ian McDermott. Isn't that so, nuts? That's cool. Now I want to go back and watch this one too. God dang I it. Too. Like you're throwing me down. I'm going down this rabbit hole of Casper like, Van Dien was in it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch a crap ton of Tim Burton over Halloween time. I'm not going to be that guy. And now I want to. 
because of these movies. I was fighting it. Oh, Richard Griffiths was in it too. I was really fighting it, Chris. You know who Richard Griffiths is? Mm-hmm. Who we would recognize him mostly as? Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter. Oh. So you get a lot of good names from this. I say you see Lisa Marie, she popped up a couple times in some of these other movies. So, like Kyle was saying, he knows who he likes and he keeps reusing them. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what do you have after this? So this was when I was looking at the list, a movie I had completely forgot about. Um after Sleepy Hollow in 2001, we had Planet of the Apes. Oh, Michael Go was in there too. Oh, we hold on. Michael who? Michael Go. Where? Go where? And in, in um Sleepy Hollow. He's another one who he reused. Mm-hmm. He used him in Corpse Bride. You will most likely remember him as Alfred in Batman. Oh, he was the in the 89 Batman? Uh, 89 Batman, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin. Yeah, he was Alfred through like the long run. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He was he always goes. Alfred to me. He'll always be our Alfred. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so so we like a movie that I had completely forgot that was just that was even made was the 2001 Planet of the Apes. I forgot about that one. In which he claims it's not a remake. No, it was like a odd sequel thing. Retelling of it, maybe? Mm-hmm. But in fact, seeing this a few times, uh, like I had to go back and try to double check it. I'm going to, like everything I found, so this is like legit. He has a fear of chimpanzees, Tim Burton. Does he, does he really? Mm-hmm. Apparently this movie was kind of hard for him to make, but... What's important, this is where he met, on set, Lena Bonham Carter. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Apparently, he was jealous of how her and Wahlberg interacted on set. You mean that she's like, there's Wahlberg, Tim. She's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Good In actress. a weird way. Yeah, she's that weird hot, you know, which I'm totally good with. Um, yeah, because then they ended up partnered up for... Several years. I think he had a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. They have two. Two. They were domestic partners. Mm-hmm. So now we jump from that. We have a little bit of a gap. Like he, he was cranking out movies for a while. Um, in 2005 to 2007, he was super busy. 2005, we got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was, it was amazing. A freaky I thought, one. I, it was freaky, but I loved it. No, it was, it was good, but it was freaky. Well, and supposedly it's a little bit more like I've never read the book. Um, oh, it's great. Who but, else was, who wrote the book? Yeah, Rondal. Yep. Again, Rondal. 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 So, um, a fun little thing they slipped in there the factory that Charlie's dad works at in the movie makes Smilex toothpaste. That's the same name of the product that the Joker was selling in Tim Burton's Batman in 89. Was it really? Hmm? Well, who, who else is in there? Um, Freddie Highmore was in there, who, you know, the good doctor. Oh, yeah, um, that's when he was young. Mm-hmm. Missy Pyle was in there. We know Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle. And one of my favorite actors, uh, Dr. Wonka was Christopher Lee. Don't forget that. Yeah. Deep Roy 
played oh, the yeah. Oompa Loompas. Played all the Oompa Loompas. Deep Roy is one of the most famous little people you've ever seen because you don't know you've seen him. Mm-hmm. And he's old, too. He was born in 49, dude. Um, he is old. He was, he was teeny weeny in the never-ending story. He was Kinzer in Star Trek, uh, Corpse Bride, General Bones Apart, um, a movie I just rewatched. He was in Legend. He was the little uh, guy who, who uh, no, my brothers. He was, you know, the guy, the, the darkness, the goblin who was going to get eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. He was uncredited for it. Didn't know that. Yeah. I should have um, known that. Deep Roy is awesome. Like I said, he's been in a lot of stuff that you don't know that you know that he's in. But now you do know because you now listen you to know. us. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey 2001. If you didn't he, know, now you do know. Post office clerk. He was in Planet of the Apes. So, yeah, pretty cool. Fun facts brought to you by EGTN. Flash facts. Mm-hmm. Flash, fun flash facts. So he did uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory in 05. 05, he also was working on Corpse Bride. At the exact same time. At the exact same time with Johnny Depp again. And, and Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. So we get some more depth in this movie. <laughs> Such a shit joke. But it <laughs> that was a very shit joke. But it worked. Um. <laughs> Corpse Bride, very similar feel to um, Nightmare Before Christmas. He kind of gets mm-hmm. back to the stop motionness, which is a there. great book. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. I didn't know it was also a book. See, I'm learning so many things. So many things. You get down to it here. Corpse Bride. Yep. He co-directed with Mike Johnson based on characters created by Burton and Carlos Grangale. Such uh, We watched this the other day at the house. You and the kids? Kiddos wanted to watch it. Yep. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the following year, he did his first music video. Bones, Bones by the Killers. By the Killers, yep. As you can tell, that went well because you've never heard of that. Exactly. Um, 2007, he did Sweeney Todd. The, what is it? The Demon of Barber Street? Or the Barber the de- of Demon Street? The Demon Barber of... Um, crap. <laughs> I had it and I lost it. Um, Basically, it was him and Helena again. Yeah. And he, he played the barber who liked to slit the throats of his customers mm-hmm. with a straight edge. Yep. And then he gave it to his domestic partner... Who made them into pies, meat pies. You know, I love meat pies. I do love meat pies. I love me a good old meat pie. Especially if they're named Jim or Chove. Let's see, then he did Nine. Nine was a cool movie. I loved Nine. I remember seeing that in the theater because it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I didn't watch it in theater. I watched it at home. I think I may have the Blu-ray. Were you like three? Hmm? Were you like three when you watched it? No, Four, it was like five, thirty something. Oh, I see what you're doing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I see what you're doing now. But this was his first, like, actual, his first non 
live action movie that wasn't stop motion. It was all CG, wasn't it? I think so. Well, and it wasn't his idea either. Hmm. He saw this guy, the guy who directed it. It was his. Yeah. Um. He he did a short, a short film about it. John, um, not Johnny Depp. Uh, Burton saw it and said, "I want to make this a full film." Yep. So, what, did so he they just did. produce it. I think what he produced. He, what did he do here? Let me go back to it real quick. I'm looking. Comic Con. What year was this? Oh, seven. For nine? I think it was a seven. I think. What's that? Nine. Oh, he just produced it. Yeah, he didn't write or direct, but he did produce. Nine was in, no, nine was in 2009. Yep. So he, uh, yeah, he didn't direct, but he produced and then we get in 2010, we get Alice in Wonderland, who also has Elena Bottom Carter in it again. Bring me my fat boys. Mm-hmm. I, I liked her one. in this, though. I did too. I, Bring I liked me her my a lot fat in this. Boys. And she had that, um, she had that weird lisp, too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, do you remember who Tweedledee and Tweedledum were? Um, I do not. Oh, God, it's been so long since I watched it. Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas, who was a companion in Doctor Who. He's the co-host right now of the Great British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. He's the little gay, bald, albino one, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I recognize him now. Um, He was also in um, Pitch Perfect. He was the brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Of Rebel Wilson. Um, and most famously known with David Willems, Willems um, from um, Little Britain. There was like some when good... my oldest always, she'll always start going, no, yeah, but and dad, no, daddy. And, you know, she'll just start going, doing this. Matt Lucas had this character on Little Britain. Yeah. I think her name was Vicky. And she, he, you know, he was always dressed like her, dressed in like a windsuit. And she, they're like, Vicky, did you do this? She's like, yeah, but no, but no, but but right, but no. Then she went off, and then she went into the bushes, and then she was all like this. And then I was like, no, but. And she was like, yes, but. But then I was like, no. I was like, ooh, why are you doing that? And she goes, no, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, no. Why Why can't I talk about that? And why, you know what I'm saying? And she do that all the time. <laughs> and it is hilarious. hilarious. Oh, we get Johnny Depp again, of course. Mad yeah. Hatter, forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the hatter. He was with the that hatter. weird hatter dance. Um, and I got too many tabs open now. Let me close some things here. Which he was amazing in that because he took the hatter as a Scotsman. Mm-hmm. Like when he was doing that speech, like it was kind of cool. He made, he made it work. And then he did, he produced this. So Burton produces the sequel in, two, in 2016. Alice Through the Looking Glass. And then we get Burton, Depp, Carter, and Elfman together again in Dark Shadows. Not a fan? No, I did not like, like, the original TV show was cool. Mm -hmm. I did not like this movie. This is what I always get, like, I know the difference, but in conversation, I always get Dark Shadows and what we do in the shadows. Oh, it's so different. Confused, like, yeah, I get those mixed up all the time. 
and see. Then we got 2012, Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Cool movie. I liked that movie. I liked it just because it... Abe Lincoln liked the horse. It just was what it was. It was just a over the top. It, like it was cool. Then we're kind of getting down to the end of the room because we're catching up now. We're like in 2014, direct the biographical drama Big Eyes. I never did. I didn't think I watched that. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was a great movie. It's about um, the size lady, 50s or 60s. She did this very distinctive art. It's a biopic, and all the characters had big eyes. It's like anime style. Yeah, big eyes. And she took her husband to court after she divorced him because she said that he plagiarized, just put his name on all her shit. Yep, I remember the concept of it. It was a good movie. Then I'm not get... a big biographical person. Um, I probably would be. That would that would have been one that I probably just would have watched if, like, with somebody else. Like, hey, we should watch this. And like, okay, I probably wouldn't seek to doubt myself to watch it. Hey, you could watch it tomorrow night. Mm. Probably not. I might watch. I'm probably going to be watching Ed Wood tomorrow night. We're going to be. That's what I really like to be watching. So in 2016, we got this lot of wood. Perry Jane's Home for Peculiar Children. Um, And then 2019, we get live action Dumbo. I still have yet to see that. The live action Dumbo? Yeah. You know what? I haven't. I I think the kids have watched it. Eh. Eh. You know, I, but there's some I want to go back and watch now, like rewatch. After we're going through this, like I was saying earlier, I I was fighting, I was fighting the Tim Burton urge during October because that's what everybody does. Right. Like we're gonna watch Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride, and then we're going to fucking watch Hocus Pocus and drink <laughs> pumpkin so- spice lattes and all that. Like no, but, no, but <laughs> no, but now I I might go watch um rewatch a couple of these. Like I, oh. may, I may watch Sweeney Todd again. So was the live action Dumbo, was it as good as Ivan the Great? You haven't seen Ivan the Great? No. You need to, when the kiddos come over next week, mm-hmm. you need to watch it on Disney Great. Plus. It's a book. My oldest, my wife read it and Lily read it. It is such a great movie. All right, I'll 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 put a put a pin in that one. It's a great family movie. I'll put it that way. Okay. So, yeah, and that's pretty much like the brief history of Tim Burton and kind of his impact that's been made. Because as you can tell, like from Kyle and I, oh yeah, 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 no, I love that, or I remember that. No, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. That's the impact kind of impact Burton's had over his 35 year career. I love stuff like that when it's not obvious in your face, like, oh, you didn't know this. Of uh-huh. course, it, you know, we're like, oh, like you had those little moments of, okay, that makes sense that he did this. Yep. Or they're like, I had no idea that he did this. And you start seeing how things are tying together and, and his influences on not just like, movies in general or genres in general. I mean, he was a huge influence on superhero movies, huge mm-hmm. influence on creepy children's holiday or Halloween holiday type movies. You know, creepy kids movies they could be watched in general. I mean, we didn't even touch on, you know, the unrealized projects, the things that that he didn't do. And we can probably just, 
yeah, we got time. We can kind of go through it really quick. Um, I've got a list here. I don't know if you had your list. Mm-mm. Okay. So I'll just throw, I'll throw some cool ones out there. And without you looking at them, I want your reaction. Okay. Great. Yep. So, of course, there were the Beetlejuice sequel attempts that didn't happen. Big Top Pee Wee, um, he didn't do. This surprised me. He didn't do Big Top Pee Wee. So, before Michael Crichton's novel Jurassic Park was published, Hollywood Studios were highly interested in purchasing the film rights. Warner, Warner Brothers and Burton. He was, Warner Brothers was interested in Jurassic Park and having Burton do Jurassic Park. Ultimately, goes to Universal and Spielberg. But could you th- imagine a Burtonized Jurassic Park? Can you Probably imagine all stop motion? Wayne Wayne Knight in that as he's going, oh oh look there you are, and instead of the dinosaur, the spitter spitting on him and melting his face. No, they would probably it probably wouldn't have even been him. It would have been it would have been um, a dance scene. No, Wayne Knight wouldn't have wouldn't have played Nedry. It would have been um, let me find his name here. I know exactly who would have been Nedry if it would have been Burtonized. That would have been Glenn Shaddix, who played Otho. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Otho. <laughs> would have been that would have been your Nedry. Oh, I loved Otho. Um Let's see, he was really close to in '94 doing uh, directing an adaptation of *The Fall of the House of Usher*, which you know we got it's Edgar Allan Poe. I'm surprised he hasn't done some more of that. Um, he was slated to do um, to direct *Superman Lives*, which was the Kevin Smith rewrite of a script called *Superman Reborn*, which I think eventually got shelved. That would have been cool. Yeah. And that was in the 90s, I think. Yeah, that was in the 90s. Um, Goosebumps. There was a Goosebump film in the works in 98. Really? They, they, they had the option for him to direct, and that basically got shelled until the one that came out in, what, 2015? Yeah. That, okay, a Burton Goosebumps would have been awesome. Would have been freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a Burton. Um, what was the was the Beast a Goosebumps movie? The one about the roller coaster and the theme park. Yes. Well, that, okay. Yeah. Uh, we need to do an R.L. Stein episode. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, he was. Um, he was working on Tim Burton's Lost in Oz in the early two thousands. Uh, they did film a pilot episode, but it became unproduced due to budget constraints, which that would have been cool. Uh, Tim Burton, Wizard of Oz. Yes, that would have been odd. Okay, that would have been the perfect Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Ripley's Believe It or Not movie with Jim Carrey portraying Robert Ripley and uh, the writers from Ed Wood doing, helping with the script. Uh, ran over budget and was shelled by Paramount. And then that's when he went on to do Sweeney Todd. So we could have okay. seen Burton and Carrie working together. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas sequel, which he has been adamantly against. Because I agree felt, with him. He felt like it would be a cash out, like it needs, just needs to stand alone. I agree with him. Um, there's still some interest for it. Um, that there's in, in February 2019, there was talks that there was a new film in the work with Disney considering either a stop-motion sequel or a live-action remake. So he may have had a little change of heart. I hope not. 
there was a Batman musical that was in the works. Charlie and Chocolate Factory <laughs> musical. Third musical. Herman film. Oh, my parents have been shot. Pearls on the ground. Um, there was a planned stop motion Adams Family film. That okay, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Uh, there was a 2011 Hunchback of Notre Dame film that got scrapped, but it was uh, supposed to feature and be co-produced by Josh Brolin. Oh, wow. So that's another, like, there's all these cool things. You know, he was tied to Maleficent for a little while. There was a Dark Shadow sequel. There was, um, in 2012, The Adventures of Pinocchio, which was supposed to be basically a retelling of Pinocchio story with Robert Downey Jr. But instead, you know, Burton went on to Big Eyes. Right. Um, let's see. What else was cool here? That, that's about it. Those are some of the bigger ones. Like, it's a huge long list of things that he almost did. Um, you know, a Catwoman movie was uh, Mary Riley. I thought the Jurassic Park one put it that's that's the one that really stuck with me that would have been cool i really i really really would have liked that mm-hmm. i really would have liked that so yeah learn some cool stuff that was a fun one it was fun mm-hmm. it wasn't all super creepy for october but there's still a lot of creepiness in there mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah so um we'll have one more let's see one or two more spooky ones one two one more after this one because really? halloween's yeah halloween's on uh sunday oh yeah this has got monday yep we got two more spoopy episodes coming out yep they're in the works we're not going to spoil them for you um not because we don't know what they're going to be but we just don't want to spoil you no we've only this is one of them we only have one more spoopy we have one more spoopy and then we have the november activities mm-hmm. yep we'll talk about those in the next episode what are you uh what are you reading or watching this week, Christopher? Um, I'm thinking about starting lock and key up again because season two starts this week, next Friday. Uh or uh, no, two weeks, the twenty second. So I'm thinking about lock and key again because I love the books. And I've got to finish the season three of Titans. Okay. Because that just ended. And supposedly there is a um, Kingdom Come reference in there. Um, we still got to catch up on Doom Patrol. Again, goes back to episode one, just not enough time for shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Young Justice season three is supposed to be out, I think, this week. Which that is a phenomenal show. So I'm really excited about all those. So get a what do you like? I do. And I will watch probably none of it because I'll be, be formatting this new hard drive. Well, I, this what week, watching, the only thing I really watched this week, uh, cause I've been busy with conferences and stuff for work. Um, I finally got to sit down and watch black widow today. What'd you think? I liked it. It was good. I, wasn't I, it? I really, really, really liked it. They gave her her due, but they still haven't given her her due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that her due due. I still, I'm still wondering how. I, I bet she ends up making. We got multiverse stuff coming up, so 
I don't think I think ScarJo's done. I think that her sister is the new widow now. You think? Yeah. I loved her sister in this movie though. So she funny. She was great. Flor- uh, Florence Pugh. Is that her name? I didn't I haven't even like got to IMDb stuff. Like I finished She was it. famous or she got famous for um what is it? Wrestling with my family. She played Paige. Okay. I love David Harbour in it. Oh, David Harbour was amazing as Red Guardian. Mhm. Okay. So funny. So did you see the part? They might have snuck in mutants in that movie. You think? Where? When he's in the prison arm wrestling. Yeah. With Ursa Major. The big guy. Yeah. Ursa Major is part of his Avengers, Russian Avengers team in the comics. Oh. He is a mutant who can morph into a giant bear. Giant Russian Russian brown bear. Hmm. That's who that was? Mm-hmm. So they could have they could have snuck in mutants already. Could have. I, I just, man, I just liked him in the whole thing. The the comp the and we've talked about it before with Marvel. Like it's mm-hmm. not in your face funny stuff. It's just like these little things here and there that yep. just the way that they talk to each other. I really I I really enjoyed it. I did too. Okay, what did you think about Taskmaster? Cool character. Um, I didn't know the backstory going into it. Um, I don't know if, if it's comic canon or not. I loved the visual of tax of Taskmaster mm-hmm. Taskmaster a lot, and the reveal surprised me. Yeah, the reveal surprised everyone because it is not comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Which I'm fine with that. So. Some people I had aren't. a little I had a little bit of problem with it because it's not how Taskmaster is supposed to be. Yeah. But I got over it. But it just kind of griped me because I'm like, this isn't really Taskmaster. Call it something else. Yeah. Like subtaskmaster or micromanage master. Micromanage master going to the grocery store master. Yeah. Something. Um, I, I like the family dynamicness, and there's you know a little bit of twist. I thought it was a good movie. It was a good. It, all in all, it was a great movie, though. I, it, I think it's. I'll, I kind of when I look at movies like that, I think, okay, well, I watch this again. I would, and I would probably watch it again if it gets a rewatch out of me, out of liking it. Then yeah, it's a good movie. If it's a rewatch because yeah. like what the fuck happened that ruined this movie, that's not a good rewatch. No, it's but not. this this would have a good rewatch. So, so. well. With that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. Wherever you guys are, have a great night, evening, morning, whatever time it is. And please be good to each other. See ya. See ya. rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made up word. MCs tried to wait.